This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 15, Episode 10, titled 5050's Most Gag-Worthy Stars. Why did I look at the camera? My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one very gossipy co-host from the podcast. Pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Far Beyonce. To... <laughs> To Taylor, the latte boy. Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. I'm back, bitches. Yeah, I know. For one week. Yeah. For one week. <laughs> Good thing Nathan wasn't here because we'd be intimidated. Yeah, that's not what I meant. Oh, my God. That's how we're starting. That's how we're starting the show. So, hi, Nathan. Would you eventually hear this? He actually, unlike you, he actually does listen right away. Nate Taylor was telling me off the air that he doesn't really listen, like, like he said, oh, I listened to like 45 seconds of the most recent episode. I'm like, no, no, that's not what I said. I said I watched 45 seconds of uh, the latest YouTube video, but sure. I listened I listened to that whole episode. Oh, you listened to the episode. Oh, I took that as like you only listened to 45 seconds of it. No, oh. no. I just with the other night when we were scrolling through, I was like, oh, I see, I see Joe and Robert and Christian. So we watched it for about 45 seconds, and then I got a look from my husband saying, Yeah, I don't want to watch this. So I turned it off. I'm with him. You know, I, I don't I don't get it. By the way, speaking of what you just said, uh -huh. uh, well, let me, let me do the, the Patreon plug first, and then we'll get into this. Because you, you you and I were talking about them right before we went on. I said, let's talk about the show. Uh, all, right. all right. By the way, I've been having people call in, like Taylor's called in a couple of times and done this. I'm going to do this live, <laughs> right? All right. Hey there, RuPaul's Drag Race fans. This is Joe Batanz, your favorite host of the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Podcast. If you're a diehard fan like me, then you'll definitely want to join our Patreon community. As a member, you'll get early access to our episodes, so you can be the first to hear all the latest drag race news and gossip. Our Patreon episodes are also longer, so you'll get even more in-depth, well, more stupid jokes and tangents. I don't know, in-depth analysis and discussion. But wait! There's more! As a Patreon subscriber, you'll also gain access to our Discord community, where you can chat with other fans about Drag Race and many other topics, share your thoughts and opinions, and gain access to the Porn Decor Lounge. Plus, you'll have the opportunity to join us for live shows and bonus content that you won't find anywhere else. So, what are you waiting for? Sign up for Patreon membership today at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia and take your RuPaul's Drag Race obsession to the next level. See you in the Discord! Speaking of, by the way... We've now opened up a portion of our Discord to the public. We have a special public section where you can join our Discord channel and uh, and talk about Drag Race and international Drag Race. And also, we have something called okay. Afterthought. Yeah, we have Afterthought Radio. Or Roop, is that what it's called? Afterthought Radio. And it's all the old episodes play in a loop, like in a shuffle. They're like shuffled. And you can just hear Afterthought 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And many people do. Taylor. That could be fun at work. That could be fun to listen to at work yeah, sometimes. Yeah, people do that. Yeah. Uh, so any, and that's free. You, that's, you don't have to be an Afterthought member. Any, if you join free, you can have Afterthought shows that you don't have access to usually playing in the back, you know, while you're at work. All right. This week, the Queen's deep dive with pop culture icons on the chat show 5050. And on the runway category is Night of a Thousand Beyonce's. Sasha Colby is named the winner of the challenge for the second week in a row, while Selena S. Titties and Malaysia Baby Doll Fox are placed in the bottom two. After a lip sync battle for their lives, Selena was told, Shantae, you stay, while Malaysia was asked to sashay away. Taylor, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Two things I liked about the episode. I actually liked the idea of the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought there were parts of it that were really well done. I think there were parts of it that were rigorous. 
but I would like to see this be something that is done every season. I feel like in the early seasons, they would do where they had to be interviewed. Oh, you're talking about the chat show. I love this drink. Yeah, yeah the whole idea of that. Or one of them where they had to promote a book or mm-hmm. something of that sort. Yeah. So I would like to see that. Um, something else that I liked was I kind of am loving the Janning of Lucy. Like where I realized halfway through this episode, oh, they're fucking with her. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> they want to watch her have a complete nuclear meltdown. Yeah. So in that regard, I, I kind of enjoyed that. The thing that I did not like yeah. was I was not impressed with any of the looks except for one. Like I didn't like any of the looks mm-hmm. except for uh, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of, okay. What about you? There seems to be this thing going with the looks, and I don't know where this comes from. I don't really know if it's true. For some reason on Reddit, people seem to think, and maybe this is true. Maybe this is something the girls have said at Roscoe's or whatever. I don't know, right? But there seems to be this thing where they believe that the girls can only pull looks from, like, runways and, like, uh, like not music videos or something like that. Like, the, like award shows and runways. And I don't know why they think that maybe that is the truth. I don't know. The only thing I could think of is they like to show a, a screenshot of what the person's wearing. And you wouldn't be able to do that. It would be expensive for them to put that from a music video or something. But, I mean, I don't, I don't see why they would be limited to that. Maybe. I mean, you figure the first season with the Night of a Thousand Madonnas mm-hmm. with Kimono Gate, that's from the Nothing Really Matters video. So... That 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 if that if that is a rule, that's a new rule. But I feel like Night of a Thousand Dollies, there was Dolly looks from videos of hers. Yeah, I don't know where Reddit got that. I don't know if it's true. It doesn't sound true. It doesn't make sense because there'd be ways to work around it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It didn't make any sense. All right, I think this is the look you were talking about. One of the things I liked was Mistress's outfit, where she did all. Oh th- no, I forgot. I did like that one. Okay. okay, so there is two that I like. All right. Next, I just think she's really wacky, but Charo always makes me laugh. And so I was very glad to see Charo on the screen. And the thing I didn't like, I don't care what kind of rehab they're trying to do or whatever. This Frankie Grande bucks the shit out of me. I was so fucking annoyed to have him on my screen. I don't care. And you know what? I'll say this. He was the least annoying I've ever seen him. And I still didn't want to see him on my screen. Uh, when they said his name, I cringed. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, I cringe yeah. when I when I when I heard his name. Mm-hmm. But he, I was expecting something more, and I thought that he actually handled himself pretty pretty well. Yeah, I agree. through the through the interview. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, let's move on here. The next day, the queens bid farewell to Spice, and Lucy reminds the girls that she's the only one with three challenge wins. Mistress giggles at Lucy's drag delusion, and Lucy acts out when Marsha isn't dragged for complaining about her placement. This cold open, Taylor, any big thoughts? Obviously, I think we're going to talk a lot about Lucy here, but uh, oh, a- yeah. any big thoughts on this um, everything here? Cold open, what's going on here? I, I think Lucy... There is part of me that thinks that Lucy is either an idiot or a genius, and this is why. I'm sorry. Before you say anything, people should know. People might not know this. Taylor is the author of the (laughs) award-winning book, which is very prescient that he wrote this right in time, The DeLuca Delusion, uh, (laughs) by Taylor the Latte Boy DDS. It's available now on Amazon, wherever you want to get it. So he's an expert in this field. Go ahead, Taylor. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Because when you put yourself out there mm-hmm. as the pick me, pick me, pick me mm-hmm. girl, you know, oh, pick me, pick me, pick yeah. me, then you, you're leaving yourself open to where the producers are like rushing at Rue and going, no matter what you do, Lucy can't win kind of thing. And just interrupt you, but also make sure that Sasha wins so that she has three wins. Yes. Yes. There's th- there's that piece of it. But then there's also part of me that thinks is Lucy is Lucy working us? Mm-hmm. Because at this point, Lucy is guaranteeing that she's going to get screen time with acting this way. Or is this where she's that delusional? I think she's that delusional. I don't know if you heard okay. last week. Like Robert, I think it was really right astute point, really suffers from the velvet rage. I think that was such a great point. But like mm-hmm. it's just so deep with her. It's so yeah. deep. It's so it's cuckoo. It's crazy. It's crazy. Where is she originally from? She's from. Is she from Texas too? 
I know she's from Connecticut, but I don't know where she was born or where she was raised. Oh, she's a Connecticut girl? Oh, okay. No. Okay. I, I don't know why I thought Texas. No, but no, no, no. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think it's the first one. I think it's that she is just desperate for she she just wants this attention, but she's not thinking it through in that they're going to use all of this. And I mean, she's kind of become somebody who considering she is right, considering she did win snatch game and snatch game and she did read the reading challenge. She should be doing something differently. She should be looked at in a different way. But when you get this desperation look Mm -hmm. that the other Queens can definitely sense, because we're going to talk about mistress in a second, Mm -hmm. you're not doing yourself any favors. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you desperately are clamoring for that attention, and and I also get where this is a show where we're talking about drag queens. Yeah. So, you know, they all want the attention. But when you're doing it in a way that is comes off as desperate, that's just chum in the water to the other girls. Well, I'm going to make fun of Lucy a lot, right? And I will okay. continue whatever and, and criticize her. But I want to say something before I do. Cause I've talked about this before. I've talked about this when I talk about, like, roasts and whatnot is you have to be able to make fun of yourself or criticize yourself before you make fun of or criticize others. And, you know, last year I completed this special program through Spotify that was Mm -hmm. also sort of a competition. It's how I met Christian, okay? But there was a competition aspect to it, Uh, even if not entirely what it was. And I'm going to tell you, and I've I've recognized this in myself, in that competition, I was Lucy. I So I get... (laughs) Yeah. I get where Lucy is coming from. I am empathizing uh-huh. with her, not sympathizing. I have felt those feelings. I know what she's feeling. I know what she's going through. But in at the same time, you know, as an outsider looking in, I can go like, oh, bitch, calm down. You know? Yeah. But I am like Lucy when in your those pressure cooker situations and you are you are trying too hard and you're you're and it's one of these things where by Calling attention to it by saying this thing about like, well, I won. Th- I will never say that. Actually, I will say I'm in the same wheelhouse as Lucy. I would have never been like, excuse me, I won three challenges, which is crazy. No one in the right. history of talking about this show has ever equated mini challenges and maxi challenges on the same level. And also, right. I think it's delusional that she wants the girls to almost like fear her you know it's yeah. um i'm gonna you know it's, she's almost like khaleesi in game of thrones like she's out for like it's not enough that they have to bow and bend before her you know right and it's insanity it is literal insane what we're watching is a crazy person but she's also basically telling everybody to bow down to her while she's literally wearing a runner's up sash. <laughs> yes, yes, and that is what is insanity. And and it's it's funny that she as for someone because when I was being Lucy, I was able to at least I, I would say to myself, "Why am I acting like that? What am I doing? What's going on here?" And I couldn't stop it. You know, it when we. My husband does not – he sits on the couch. He plays Nintendo Switch while we're – while I'm watching Drag Race. Okay. That's just sort of what he does. Sure. And he was in the kitchen when the show first started. And when she said, I won three though, his head popped like, – like out of a sitcom, his head popped out almost sideways mm-hmm. out of the kitchen and went, is she for real? Yeah. And kind of came around the corner and was looking at me like, why is she doing this? And I'm just mm-hmm. – I don't know. I don't know because she's crazy. But – so, so when you when you have that, again, you're giving you're giving fodder to the other girls, and I think the girl who is playing the game the smartest mm-hmm. is Mistress Isabel Brooks. Yeah, and she is somebody that I think she reminds me, maybe not in humor level or anything, but she is kind of that Bianca Del Rio of where she's not scared of the other girls and she wants to be friends with them, but she's also going to bust all their stones. All the time. Mm-hmm. And this is an example of that. I don't think that the the giggling thing is malicious. But I also think that she she's just going to lean into it because it makes for good TV. And I, like I don't you know, you and I have had multiple conversations on here about bullying. I don't see this as bullying. I just see this as this is old school mistress is old school drag race of where we're going to kind of read each other and we're going to be, if you're giving me something that I can kind of throw back at you, I'm going to do it because that's what 
that's what drag is all about is that reading each other sort of thing well that's a strange coincidence taylor here's the thing i actually got joan rivers <gasps> yes from the ha- joan rivers the joan rivers from heaven i have her here right now uh let me see if she's available hi, hi, wait uh hi joan are, are you there it's me joe Hi, everyone. Hi, Joe. It's great to be here. And Joe, I just want to be the first to wish you a successful Passover season. Oh, I'm not Jewish. Jo- oh, I just stopped everything there. Hold. <laughs> 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 that's weird when I stopped the mu- When Joan stopped talking, the music stopped. Uh, that's weird. I don't that know why that weird. happened. Well, I don't know. It's a connection from heaven. It's heaven. Yeah, it's yeah, heaven. Yeah. Really, the, you, you need the ex- effect experience. Yeah, anyway, Joan, I'm not Jewish. And I'm talking about all the times you get passed over on Tinder. Give it up already. What? No one will ever love you. You've been swiped left more <laughs> times than a Range Rover in a Trader Joe's parking lot in Chinatown. That doesn't even make any sense. It's And, and, and yet somehow strangely racist. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Joan, that don't doesn't make any sense. By the way, Taylor's here. Hey, Joan. Taylor's there. Oh wow, he came back to the hardest job in the world. All those kids in China making <laughs> iPhones are clapping for him right now. Okay. All right, Joan. <laughs> Joan, I don't think you 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 told me you wanted to come on here. I didn't think it was just to like insult us. You wanted you said you wanted to talk about something. What what did you want to talk about? Can we talk about Lucy Deluca? Yes. What's not her name? Work? Can yeah. you believe her? Mm-hmm. Three wins. She's so delusional. Donald Trump called her up and told her to stop whining and get over it already. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is there anything else? Is that all you wanted to say? Oh, and she wants to win so badly. Yeah. She's so desperate. Lucy Laduca mm-hmm. is so desperate. The people buried under the rubble in Syria feel sorry for her. Oh. Give her a win, Rue. She's been waiting for so long. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> She's brutal. Now that she's dead, Joan is brutal. She's already where she needs to be. She doesn't have to worry about pissing anybody off. Yeah, no. Boy, does Lucy want Mama Rue to love her. Can we talk about that? Yeah. She has more mommy issues than Prince Harry. Oh, give it a rest already. Wow. My daddy didn't hug me. Wow. My mommy's dead. (laughs) Meanwhile, RuPaul was there when Diana crashed her car. Did you see this? Did you hear this? Yeah, he was there in Paris when she crashed the car. But instead of calling the police, he sent thoughts and prayers. Okay, I gotta go. That bitch Olivia Newton-John wants to go play pickleball. (laughs) This is the weirdest. She just, what a weird appearance by uh, Joan Cameron. That was so strange. But um, we both got insulted by her. What an see, honor. We, I know. We did. We got read by Joan Rivers. All right. All right. Okay. So let's go back to the show. Uh, you know, Mistress and the, and the twins were really tight. And they're tight now. Okay. Yeah. And I think, well, first of all, shocking. They're only like a few days or weeks apart in age. It's really weird. The, the twins are older than you think. And she's younger than you think. They're both 24. Yeah. The other thing, though, is I think what they have in common is they both or the three of them saw drag race for what it was. You know, they saw it as a game, as a competition. So while mistress takes uh-huh. the competition seriously, ultimately at the end of the day, uh, she sees that it's just a game and she sees the humor in it. It's like someone playing monopoly. It's like mistress really believes she's playing monopoly. And Lucy thinks that she really has money and property and gets rent, <laughs> you know? Right. And she's the kind of girl that would stop playing when she didn't win boardwalk. And so, yeah. Which, by the way, anyone who knows knows you don't need Boardwalk to win. I think it's one no. of those other corn, the ones by free parking. That's the one. Those are the ones you want to get. Anyway, this is not the Monopoly. This the is red not, ones. Yeah, it's not like that. Isn't the, it the, with the red? Yeah, the orange. I think, I think, I think a red that's one. right. Because they don't cost as much to build up, you know. And you can, but they charge mm-hmm. a lot of rent. By the way, this has been game night, guys. You can catch this podcast every <laughs> week on Patreon. We just talk about board games. But she sees the game, and so as much as you can criticize sugar and spice all you want, and yada yada yada. The one thing, I, well, I can't say for sugar. The one thing about spice, I will say, and I said this last week, and I'll say it again: Spice saw the game for what it was—that it was just a game, and just one yeah. more. It wasn't the be-all, end-all of her career, whatnot. And I think Mistress is the same way, and so we like that she sees the humor in this, and that she's just having yeah. fun. 
And I think that's a good thing. What did you think about this whole thing where Lucy wanted Mistress to attack Marsha? Well, I think it is a... I don't know if there is a realization that she sort of stepped in it and she wants like, okay, well now, now I have to disperse the, the focus. Yeah. So if there's, and, and Isabel is the main focus of mistress is the main focus of the, 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 the teasing. Mm-hmm. So if it, let, let's focus all the attention on somebody else and, Oh, she's doing the same thing that I was doing quick, quick, everybody look over here. Everybody look over here. Yeah. But in doing that made it worse for herself by it. it, it it's sort of the equivalent of going way back to all stars too when fifi was eliminated and didn't hug Alyssa, mm-hmm. that was the worst thing she could have done mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. because it just kind of brought out even more of the oh you are that girl that we thought you were yeah you know allegedly so i think that this is kind of the same thing of where she's that but the way that she did it in the weird like you know tapped her on the shoulder and then did this weird like sign language thing to her. it didn't make any sense to me until until she goes, attack her, attack her, which is also a weird thing to say to somebody. You know, Laurie constantly compares me, but she's talking looks-wise to Mistress El- Isabel Brooks, but I have never felt so much like Mistress Isabel Brooks as in this scene, in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm all, this, I am 100% Isabel Brooks in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, absolutely. We, we've commented on that while watching the season. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, another discussion point. Let's actually take what Lucy says seriously. She claimed that they come for her, but no one else. And that other people complain. Do you think this is true? If it is, why do you think it's true? What's, what's your story there? Well, it's true because she's the one that keeps bringing it up. True. If, she's, if she stopped bringing it up and she stopped associating the two minis and a main as three wins. You're also talking about a season that fight over who got second place. Yeah. So just the way that they see all of this mm-hmm. is also different. But if she stopped bringing it up, mm-hmm. they would leave her alone about it, I think. Yeah. You know, and I think that there has been some gentle ribbing among the girls mm-hmm. for the most part. But because Lucy, because the focus isn't on Lucy, she may not be seeing it. She may not be recognizing that, you know, when you think about, again, Mistress and Malaysia a couple of a couple of episodes ago with the drag delusion, drag confusion, all of that sort of thing. That is something that had nothing to do with Lucy, but Malaysia was getting worked up about it. Yeah. You know, is that something where she she doesn't recognize that there are this is going on with other girls and especially going on with other girls and mistress? Well, it could also be a thing, too, where the girls realize they smell blood. And they realize if they uh-huh. if they poke the bear about that specific topic with Lucy, that she will react, and the other ones won't. Well, and I, they said that I think Mistress said that last week or something, where or during the Lala Perusa, where she goes, "I hope that I hope Mistress doesn't, I hope Mistress is uh, doesn't win it, so that we can watch her have a meltdown." Oh, Lucy, hope Lucy doesn't win it. Yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope Lucy does it, so we don't have a meltdown. Sorry, and I. I they know this. They're all like bored, probably at times. So like, well, let's watch the one girl have a meltdown because it's fun to do. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. The next day, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge. The queens will conduct one-on-one interviews for tablet for the tabloid show Fifty Fifty. The teams and celebrity guests are as follows: uh, for Team Charo, Marsha and Sasha. For Team Frankie Grande, Frankie Grande, Frankie Grande, we have Anitra, Lucy, and Malaysia. And for Team Love Connie, we have Lux, Mistress, and Selena. In the workroom, the team split up and plan their walk and talk, activity, and sit-down segments. On Team Connie, Selena wants to sit the sit-down interview to capitalize on her podcast experience. Team Frankie splits up topics to keep from their segments being the same. And finally, on Team Charo, Marsha and Sasha assess each other's uh, I'm sorry, each team's chances to take the win. Let's talk everything workroom, everything Maxi Challenge announcement. Taylor, what do you got for us? I Okay, so you've got the first group is being told that they're going to work with Charo. Okay, icon. Absolute icon of the last 50 years at least. You know, so you've got that. And then the second one, the second group get Frankie Grande, as, as you said a couple well, minutes ago. Well, I'm also which... playing a gay vampire on, on theater right now, so... <laughs> so i mean i can i can see that being like oh okay we know who this is love connie as a third 
I get that she is part of the drag race lore, I guess, because of the mini challenge that she did however long ago. Mm-hmm. But it ju- when you've got Charo and Love Connie, it, it doesn't feel like it's an equal footing of who got which which person. I have a theory about this, and it's it it might sound crazy conspiracy theory, but I don't really think it is in terms of television. It's Love okay. Connie, I think, does have a show on WoW or had a show on WoW. She's worked with them. She knows them. She moves in that circle. She's done stuff for a while. And they put some of the strongest people. It was a neat. It was. um, Was it a Nova Nitra? It was Lux, Mistress, and Selena. Okay. I don't know why they put Selena with her. Okay. Um, I guess on Reddit they were saying Selena knows Frankie Grande. So that's why they didn't put her with him. Okay. And so. Or maybe they just realized those would be the three that you'd want to fuck with the most. I don't know why they did, but. They could Connie being an experience. One thing is that Connie is an experienced improv and sketch comedy actor. She was a student of Lori Roggenkamp years ago, you know, because Lori Roggenkamp, as we know, is the icon of that. And um, right. so anyway, um, she has a lot of experience in that. So she they could tell her, like, oh, fuck with them and do this. And she'd be really good at it, you know, where you can't really tell Charo to fuck with them. Okay, but then to me that if you're going to have that, Mm -hmm. I guess have three scenarios in which there is an equal level of fuckery, you know? I mean, like Frankie Grande was okay. I know we're going to get probably to the individual things, but I mean, there wasn't necessarily any fucking with him. Charo was – Charo had a very thick accent and she's very kinetic, whereas I feel like Love Connie was just – all over the place. It, it, they did a thing years ago where they had them act like news anchors and they said it's it's live and they had where like the teleprompter started going really fast or things happened where lights went out or that sort of stuff. And they did like all sorts of things like that across the board. I, and I also get that I'm asking for fairness for drag race, but I feel like there should have been something. It felt very uneven as far as that goes. And I think that, I think that was by design. Like notice uh, you know, Charo. Well, let's talk about it when we get to, get to that. Um, first of all, there is zero percent that Marsha knew off the top of her head that Charo is one of the world's most accomplished Spanish flamenco guitar players. Like I've right. heard this, but I'm also an old fan. Yes. So, like, uh, right? <laughs> I was just gonna say that, but you're old. Yeah. There's no way Marsha knows this. Just, I'm surprised Marsha knows who Charo is. I think the only thing she knows who Charo is are her different appearances on the show. Like, right? Like, who's knowing Charo? You know, in if you're uh-huh. her age in 2023. All right. Next. Oh, we talked about the guests. Okay, I'm looking at my notes. By the way, then one more thing. I've talked about this before. If it was before, but RuPaul goes. And tonight on the runway, we're doing Night of a Thousand Beyonces, and they lose their fu- motherfucking mind. And I'm like. <laughs> You guys all brought the outfits. You know you're doing right. Beyonce. What do you, why, right. what is this? Because we, the show acknowledges they bring the outfits and that they play this illusion. Well, maybe the excitement was because they finally were going to get to wear their Beyonce outfits. Maybe, maybe. So they made it to the challenge where they get to wear their Beyonce outfits. Now, the one, one of the right. things we see is Lucy preparing for her interview. And I was thinking, you know, Lucy made a really smart choice in what she wanted to do because it's that kind of try hard, uh, over preparedness, pick me thing that makes her good at being like an entertainment reporter. So I already knew I'm like, oh, she's going to do well because this is right in her wheelhouse of over preparing. Yeah. And I will say this, you know, the one thing Lucy has is she is pretty good at like acting on the fly and stuff like that. Like we saw that in Snatch Game. So I wasn't worried about it. I think, this, I think this challenge fit right into her wheelhouse. And so there was that. Okay, Taylor, any other thoughts on the workroom and the maxi challenge? No. Okay, we're going to take a break. But before we do, again, I'm reading this live here. We've had AI voices. Oh, no, we haven't. Pi, sorry. People have been calling mm-hmm. in. Hosts uh-huh. have been leaving messages. Uh, hello, Drag Race. All with the same cadence. All with the same cadence <laughs> and the exact same words, exactly the same way. Hello, Drag Race fans. Right. It's me, Lori Rock. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> that was such an Anchorman <laughs> moment. Hello, Drag Race fans. It's me, Joe Batance. If you love our RuPaul's Drag Race recap podcast, you'll want to check out our YouTube channel. 
where you'll get all the latest live recordings of our show, as well as access to past live recordings. It's the perfect place to relive all the drama, comedy, and fabulousness of Drag Race, and get the inside scoop from your favorite hosts. And the best way to make sure you never miss a live recording? Simply subscribe to our channel at youtube.com slash Drag Race Recap, and you'll be notified every time we go live. So join the party, and let's recap Drag Race together. By the way, everyone should know, the new episodes drop every Saturday, 5 p.m. Pacific, right there on YouTube. Join in the... You can... Comment live like you're watching it live or watch it later right there. Drag race week, uh, youtube.com slash drag race recap. We'll be back right after this. Survivor 46 is here and so is on fire. The only official survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back. All right. We're on set to film 50-50. Selena sits down with Love Connie. Lux takes a golf cart tour and Mistress and Connie decorate cupcakes. For the Charo episode, Sasha and Charo toss salads and Marsha dives deeper in a one-on-one chat. Finally, on Team Frankie, Lucy tackles the one-on-one. Anitra and Frankie get their steps in and Frankie... That teaches Malaysia how to make pizza. Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on these uh, live show recording things? So I guess by live, they just meant you're only getting one take. Because they kind of made it sound like it was going to be where it was all going to be filmed at one time for each girl. But I mean, especially when you had Lux was suddenly outside or where they're they're not like running no. Charo from thing to thing for five minutes. No, I got the sense so, from the live it was the wraparounds were live, but the actual tape segment, the videotape segments were not live at all. Well, if anything, though, that would be I would think that would be the easiest part to do mm-hmm. is is that now we also also listen to you just do a yeah, commercial. Yeah, I can't do but. shit. <laughs> I'd be horrible on this. I would I would so welcome this. It would be crazy. <laughs> Um, Let's go person by person. Love Connie. Did you have any thoughts here? Love Connie. Again, just just that huge chaos to her that I it I understand why they picked her from a chaotic standpoint. I I just wish that the other two had been just as chaotic. Mm -hmm. Um, So Selena looked terrified through the entire thing through her interview. But I was really impressed with how well Lux held up to being on that golf cart and her going crazy and going super fast and 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 that sort of thing that i i was i thought there was a good chance that lux was actually going to be the winner of of the challenge this week she probably should have been but okay go ahead yeah and isabel just looked like somebody who had quit all of a sudden dropped the rope and couldn't figure out how to pick the rope back up again because i think isabel is somebody who is always very confident but then there were times where she was kind of like oh shit what do i do here that was Made me a little nervous for for Mistress Isabel. Yeah, Selena. Let's talk about her. 
This bitch goes on okay. there and she's like, I'm good at improv and I have a podcast. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what you got. And this bitch failed so miserably. Mm-hmm. She couldn't roll with like, Love Connie. And from an improv standpoint was lobbing her softballs, was giving her so much to play with that if you really are able to roll with the punches and, um, and that's probably what they told Love Connie to do is like, it's probably some sort of Lori would know more, but some sort of basic like improv thing, you know, and that if Selena were more, yeah. had, had the experience she said, she could have taken it and ran with it, but she was trying to stick to her thing. Yeah. There were times with all of the interviews in which I thought they're giving her a lead in. I was looking at it, not obviously from an, from an improv standpoint, but from a therapist standpoint, mm-hmm. sometimes when people say, will say something, you're like, well, wait a minute, let's talk about that yeah. a little bit more. And, and in, just about all the situations the girls just like glossed right over them well they were so afraid of they didn't have the confidence of and that's probably why uh sasha won that segment when she threw the cards because she did exactly what they wanted her to do was she had the confidence Uh like okay well we're just gonna go wherever this goes you know but where like they didn't have that confidence they kept trying to bring them back to this like very set and they're a podcast, by the right. way, where you listen to this, you know, and they like they, they, they they're very set and they need to keep things the way they have it planned. And I think that's just not how it's done on a podcast, if I'm being honest with you. Right. So at one point when when Lux is with Connie in the in the golf cart, they bring up this person named Candy Hernandez. Who the fuck is Candy Hernandez? <laughs> you know, I should have done research. Is that a real person? Like, I didn't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I I. I that was a very weird moment where, but I think it just gave, even if it is not a real person, I think Candy, again, it was about improv. And I feel like Candy is very good, or not Candy, Connie. Mm-hmm. Love Connie is very good at just coming up with ideas on the fly, kind of going back to that 80s TV movie of the week, you know, what did that bitch say kind of thing. And who cares if it's a real person? Yeah, or not it was just funny. There was a, at this point, a, a, she had an arch enemy named Candy Hernandez. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, and then um, going to the mistress thing that you said, I think mistress feels very comfortable reading people, but there was a power uh-huh. imbalance here where a Love Connie is a professional comic and improv person, so you're, not, you're she's going to run circles around you, Mistress Isabel Brooks, and she couldn't. She didn't feel comfortable doing that, so then she was not in her wheelhouse, so she just sort of froze. It was sort of a version of what we talked about with the interview, when she's not in yeah. her ideal situation where she feels in control, she sort of shuts down. So I yeah. think that's what we sort of saw there, and why she sort of failed. Because I think, I think Love Connie, if you were able to roll with the punches, wasn't very hard, as we saw with Lux. Lux did a really good job with her. Had Lux was able to roll uh-huh. with the punches. Let's go over to Chato. Uh, that that was Sasha and Marsha. What were your thoughts on the Chato segments? I was surprised that Sasha was in the top for this. Okay. But going back and thinking about it, the moment with the cards does make sense because she was able to she was able to be more flexible than than the other girls were with with their particularly with the cooking segments. She seemed to be having fun. She seemed to be having the most fun with mm-hmm. it. So in that regards, it was fun to watch, and she was just sort of playing along with the being being crazy kind of thing the issue with marcia with the whole looking she looked panicked the whole time of where she was trying to follow and you could see there was nothing where she's like i have no fucking clue what she's saying right Mm -hmm. now and i'm waiting to hear key words i have um i i can say that i have a client with a very thick accent and there are times I felt for Marsha because there are times when this person is talking to me, I'm like staring and I'm trying to look very intent, but I, I'm trying to find key words that you're talking about right now. So I did feel I did feel for Marsha in that moment. Is this client in the house with you right now? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know, I had no problem. I thought they were both fine. Yeah. Charles has a thick accent. I mean, it's not, it's not Marsha's fault. There's nothing she can do. What, what would you say? What? Speak clear, Charo. You know, I could see, I could sort well, of feel for her in that, yeah? But what would have happened if she politely said, I'm so sorry, you're speaking so fast, I'm having difficulty. Would that be where suddenly there's a shade oh, button yeah, and, like and a boom, would, and then Charles would, would that like, be? <laughs> and they would have cut to the break. Would that be the, 
would that be the equivalent of George Jocelyn Foss asking Georgia Holt about the abortion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, almost yeah. had which she had share. Would that be seen as the same thing of, you know, you don't talk to a legend that way? Didn't Willem do something similar with an interview too, where some other drag queen I sort of feel like also did something similar where they but Jocelyn Fox is the best one where she asked about the abortion. And I was like, oh, God. A last minute change on a decision to go to the abortion clinic <laughs> brought Cher into the world. How do you feel about that? Are you still a pro-life person oh. or a pro-choice person? What was what was Georgia Holt's answer, by the way? She just went, oh. <laughs> I just remember she just looked like a confused old woman. And who was the one that said... Uh, was it Jocelyn Fox who said like one goes in one share came out of her vagina and then she came out of Cher's vagina or he came out of Cher's vagina? Something like that, yeah. Was that Jocelyn Fox as well? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Oh my god. What get that bitch on All Stars right now. Uh and then finally <laughs> Frankie Grande. Uh that that's who we had. Uh Frankie Grande was who? That was um Anitra. Anitra? Lucy and Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on Frankie Grande? Yeah. I initially thought that this was this was going to be Lucy's redemption episode mm-hmm. because they were all commenting on how good she did. And she she seemed very natural. She seemed very poised. She she looked like if you were going to watch Diane Sawyer on 2020 mm-hmm. or Barbara Walters, mm-hmm. you know, that where she just seemed to know what she was. She seemed to know what she was doing. And she was really she was really good at the improv, yeah. especially when they were talking about aliens and the get away from her, you bitch sort of thing. Um, Malaysia, Malaysia looked like she didn't want to be there. Well, I think Malaysia went the other way that we were talking about, but it could, but it wasn't from a terms of control. She just let Frankie Grande take control, which. Right. Yeah, it, it, Frankie Grande just ran that ran right over her, you know. Yeah, I think you know they were kind of making it seem like Frankie Grande was interviewing her. I think Frankie Grande, to his credit, was trying to save the segment because she was giving us nothing. Yes. Yeah. You know? she's trying trying to help her. Yeah. Trying to yeah. He's trying out. to help her. I think you're right. Yeah. And as far as Anitra goes, mm-hmm. I've I mean. It was okay. There isn't necessarily anything memorable about yeah. it one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, ultimately, and I'm sorry you're on this episode. This this episode is extremely forgettable. Like, there's nothing yeah. really great about this episode, to be honest with you. All right. It's Elimination Day, and the girls get in their Beyonce looks. Meanwhile, Sasha shares a theory that Beyonce's alter ego, Sasha Fierce, was inspired by her. What were your thoughts? This is a very short Elimination Day, and it was really just about that story. What were your thoughts on that story, Taylor? The best part of the story was Mistress at the end, talking about that little fairy tale that she just told everybody. That was the best part of it, because that, girl, Beyonce didn't see you and come up with Sasha Fierce. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, that was sort of like, oh, that's so cute. You know, like, yeah, she, you're adorable. What does she know if Beyonce went to go see her? Well, I don't think she said that Beyonce went to see her. I thought that a couple of Beyonce's dancers went to go see her. Wasn't that- she was friends with a couple of dancers. Um, it's sort of like the thing, you know, I have a friend who, I don't know why I'm telling this story. I have a friend who worked at ABC for a while, right? Having nothing to do uh-huh. with the creative side or anything like that. It was a different thing, okay? And my parents were convinced that he was going to the writer's room of, home, of um, Modern Family and that they'd based the character of Manny on me. <laughs> they almost, they were seriously, they thought that my friend was going and feeding them stories and what, like, what's, why, right. why would he, what, why would he know these stories? Why would he take the time to do that? He is not involved on that side of the production at all. And they're like, ah, oh, you don't, they, they, my parents tell me, I don't know that I don't, that I'm naive. So right. look, there are people like like Sasha who believe that. I I highly like you. I, I highly 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 doubt that story. And it's a cute story. I would love for Beyonce yeah. to be like, it's a lie, <laughs> like <laughs> like on social media. All right, on the main stage, Rupe, Oh, the looks. Um, they, they're going to the looks. I mean, we have a show called Bring It to the Runway with Christian and right. Robert, where we're going to go in detail into the looks. But I know you love talking about the looks were there any looks in particular that you wanted to talk about okay so i loved lux's bob mackie outfit Mm -hmm. i have a problem with it though what is it and that is that yes beyonce wore Mm -hmm. it but okay well wait a second that that gets rid of the whole thing you were talking about it has to be uh 
it has to be red carpets because she she performed in that outfit. Yeah, but I think they're talking about specifically not a music video. But look, I'm, look, Reddit is okay. stupid. I'm not I'm not believing that. No, yeah. I know Reddit is stupid, yeah. but um, I it, but she based it on a Tina Turner dress from the seventies. And and apparently also not just a Tina Turner dress, but also apparently a RuPaul dress that RuPaul wore back. No, in the I 90s. think they're saying that that's the exact dress. No, she said it's not the. No, no, not she not. She said Lux. it is. RuPaul, I think, is saying that that's the exact dress that Beyonce wore was the one that Ru yeah. wore. Yes, no, she yeah. did say that absolutely. But so in that regard, to me, I uh, it's it to me it doesn't feel like a Beyonce dress. It feels like a Tina Turner oh, dress to me. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's a beautiful dress and it was beautifully executed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Mistress mistresses with the two with the two destiny's child's heads mm-hmm. i thought was very very funny it definitely got the reaction out of the judges panel yeah. that they wanted oh by the yeah. way did you notice when rue first came out she didn't do the little banter with everybody no, they cut it. she just said michelle visage and t.s madison yeah, they cut it this week we're having it just felt very like if if that to me was very like oh i don't know that we've ever seen that before. which is funny because next week it's gonna be michelle visage uh tell me about your day today you know, it's going to be like super long yeah. segment because it's going all this time. And so I I loved the the Destiny's Child homage. And I agree with Rue that Mistress looked, her face was, she looked amazing. Her paint was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is forgettable. I don't remember. Uh, Malaysia's, I kind of, Malaysia's was kind of cool oh, you too. Like but everybody else was sort of, ish. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think I definitely think that Mistress and uh, Lux were my two favorite. All right, very good. What about you? Oh, I don't, girl. You didn't pay attention to the looks. <laughs> I like Lux and I like Mistress. The end. That's the that's the luxury I have now. The luxury I have now is I have this show where I talk about everything but the looks, and then I have a show where I have two people on that talk all about the looks, and I say nothing, and I never have to talk about the looks. I. Don't care about the looks. I care about the drama. I care about Lucy LaDuca having a motherfucking meltdown. I care about Mm -hmm. uh, the Sasha Colby claiming that Beyonce stole Sasha Fierce from her. You know, Uh, I I, I care about Marsha, Marsha, Marsha never asking Charo what it was like to be on the Brady Bunch. I that's what I care about. All right, on the main stage, RuPaul names Sasha Colby the winner of the challenge and places Malaysia Baby Doll Fox and Selena Estites in the bottom two, forcing them to face off in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Single Ladies by Beyonce. In the end, Selena is told Shantae you stay while Malaysia is asked to sashay away. Taylor Latte Boy, any final thoughts? Tell us about this lip sync. Any thoughts you didn't get to get out? Give it to us all now. I think I. <sighs> This lip sync, okay, Single Ladies is an iconic song. Love it or hate it, it was one of those songs that, I mean, how old is that song now? The song's got to be at least 10 years old, maybe 15. Oh, yeah, let me see. You, you keep talking, I'll look it up. Okay. And so when you have an opportunity, to, this is kind of the equivalent of I Will Survive. If you are one of the drag mm-hmm. queens on this show that gets to do I Will Survive, you better knock it out of the fucking park. And... Neither of these girls did that. I would not have been surprised if she had sent them both home. Because I think that, uh, what's her name? Mal- Malaysia, well, okay, according to a video that I watched earlier today, Malaysia knew she was going home that oh, day. Oh, she did? Yes, she was already aware of it. So she wasn't necessarily giving 100%. But, Wait, why did um, Malaysia know she was going home? Just, just her performance and whatnot? Because uh, according to her, the producers started asking her questions in the in the mirror moments about trauma that she experienced. Oh. So and they were specifically saying, why don't you talk about that sort of thing? Oh. And she said that she looked at the other girls and did like a peace out. It's it's my turn oh. sort of thing. Um, so so and then um, Selena took the easy way out. And that was doing the choreography from the video. I think that if you're going to do that, you can do homages to it. But if you're and if you're going to do the choreography, it needs to be perfect. By the end of it, it was so chaotic and so out of control that it was it was uncomfortable to watch. Mm -hmm. 
So in that regards, I mean, I loved the reveal where she pulled the yellow skirt off. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get a show because Selena does do a great lip sync. But I was I was underwhelmed by both of them, especially for a song that is as so well known and loved as single ladies. I've heard a lot of I've read a lot of chatter about the choreography. Some people thought they shouldn't have done it at all. Some people thought they shouldn't have. I mean, I I'm in the boat of you have to do something. I mean, it's it's one of those videos that has such iconic choreography moments that you just have to do them or it's, it's silly not to like if they did thriller and they didn't do a little bit of the thriller dance you know so um but a little bit and the whole thing are two completely different did things Selena do the you whole know, thing? i get the whole uh uh oh yo she did the whole thing oh i don't know the right. i don't know the I mean, dance when you that do well the- so the choreography that well so yeah i mean i know the uh uh oh and the and the hand gestures right. and that's one that i can see if they had, and that would have been if they were both doing their own thing and they both stopped at the same time and did the uh uh oh mm-hmm. that would be different but the fact that she was over there thinking that she was in the video but it was it was just not i was not impressed well she did say sorry beyonce any other she uh, any other final thoughts taylor no all right I'm good. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss. Oh, you know what? Hey, everyone. Ta- uh, Nathan's going to be back next week. I think we're- I'm going to try and get Lori because it's a comedy challenge. But Taylor, any- what are your plugs? Give your plugs. Oh, uh, you can find me at Pod is My Copilot, which is podismycopilot.com. We have a Facebook page, and I'm available on Instagram at PIMC Taylor. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't ever post anything there. All right. Uh, so, anyway, uh, be sure to join us next weekend, every week, as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 15. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. This podcast was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. Nathan Brown has two other podcasts. The first is Breaking Down Bad Books, and the other is Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. You can find those podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Nathan Brown on Instagram at NathanBrown90. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram at Joe Batance. Special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Alex S. Anonymous. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Carter McKinnon. Corinna Williamson. Deck Head. Doofus Maximus. E. Smith. Elizabeth Timmer. Emma. Humble Pie. J. Thomas Plank. Jesse Harris. Lauren Eckert. Lucy Carrasco. Luke Stamen, Mike Yeager, Nicholas Springham, Nikki Baker, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Robert NYC, Sarah Yu, Robin Egenberger, Tom Bombs, Travi Cosmos, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.